Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, welcome to the A-Game Podcast. It is actually Tuesday, and I did miss last week. I very much apologize for that for people that were creatures of habit, and I know consistency is very important. It's been a while since I missed a Monday podcast, so I do apologize. Been a lot going on, uh, not an excuse at all, but I wanted to make sure I got back and got things back on track today. So I have a solo episode. I want to make sure I have a proper time to edit and get some things out for some of the guests for some of the shows we have recorded that are coming out. Um, and uh, I just wanted to keep things rocking and rolling. So I'm doing a quick solo episode today to recap some of the things from some of the past episodes, talk about some of the things that I've been working on and just keep things uh, keep things moving along. So hopefully you'll get some good tidbits today. So first and foremost, this episode is brought to you in part by the Nationwide Business Capital Group. If you're looking for money for your deals, go to nicknicknick.com slash links and under affiliates, you will find a direct contact to Marianne. Tell her you need money and the A-Game podcast sent you over and she will find ways to get you the most creative deals or the best rates and terms out there. Call her today, figure out how to get some money and then write to me and tell me you want to get some deals and we'll figure out a way to partner together or I'll find some deals for you to buy from me or if you have some deals, you can sell them to me or we can figure it out. If you don't even know how we can work together, just go to nickatnick.com slash links, find all the ways to contact me but the best way to contact me if you want to discuss real estate opportunities together is to text me directly at 516-540-5733. Definitely do that. And you can also find some of our other sponsors if you want uh, to figure out how to get your podcast going or if you would like to get some discounted CBD from Naked Warrior Recovery. And of course, if you would like to figure out if you can utilize virtual assistance to get some of your time back and outsource some of your tasks as an entrepreneur, business person, real estate investor, all of them are nickedandnick.com slash link. So thank you very much. Everybody's been supporting that. And again, if you want our free checklist on how to bring more value to your buyers, nicknicknick.com slash bigger pockets. Congratulations to my longtime best friend, Sean W. Cooper, bass player of Taking Back Sunday, who received his Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt from the one and only Matt the Terracera at Surrey Jiu-Jitsu. And thank for everybody coming down. We had Doc, we had uh, Dan the Pool Guy, Zach Fala, my brother was down there, Dave Patton, all the usual suspects coming down that were uh, supportive of Sean for years and years and years. And again, I've had him on this podcast. I've talked about him. He's one of the nicest, most genuine people I've ever met. I've been friends with him since I was in like kindergarten. And uh, what he's done in life, in his band, by becoming successful, and now what he's done on the mats by showing up for years and years and years, even though he was on the road, couldn't even train, you know, doing all kinds of other stuff and managed to achieve something like a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt under somebody as amazing as Matt Serra is just a huge accomplishment. And I could not be more proud of Sean Cooper for achieving that, but not only for achieving what he's done in his band and what he's done on the mats, but people showed up in drones to congratulate him. And even the people that weren't able to make it were like, man, I wish you would do it at night so I could be there. Like everybody wanted to be there to congratulate Sean because what he did, not only on the mat, but just the kind of person he is, is really the thing that I'm most proud of him for because everybody freaking loves Sean. Everybody. 
everybody at jiu-jitsu loves Sean. Everybody that I know that comes across and personally loves Sean. All the people in the music world love Sean. You know, he's been referred to as the most reliable member of Taking Back Sunday because he's just a good person. And, you know, I watch how he is with his kids and his family. And he's a good husband and he's a good dad. And he, I, I, the way he interacts and just everything about him. He's just, he's a good person. And that's something that's kind of rare in this world that you, you see what you get. And he's got a big heart and he's got a, a great drive and he's artistic and he's amazing and he's motivated and he goes out there and he achieves shit. So, um, you know, he's just follow him, talk to him, congratulate him, go see him on the road, go see him on the mats, but model yourself after people like that. You know, every day I get to look around at the people in my life, like the Sean Coopers and the Mark O'Connells and the Matt Serres and my brother, Dan LaMagna and all these great people. And, uh, you know, I just think to myself, like, I, I need to be better. I need to do better. Like, how do I become a better this or a better that? And I have great people around that I can model myself after, but Sean Cooper checks all of those boxes for everything in life that I strive to be better at. He is. So congratulations, Sean. Thanks for always being a, a good friend and an inspirational person to not only me, but all the people around. Uh, I think you were awesome and you deserve everything that you have in life. So enjoy that black belt. Enjoy that tour coming up. And thank you for always being a good friend. So without further ado, welcome to the A-Game Podcast. So we had some guests on over the last few, you know, month or whatever it's been. Uh, Bill Allen specifically was one of them that I definitely wanted to talk about. And also Kelly Stumphauser, who was freaking awesome. Um, some of the things that she talked about, I thought were interesting topics just to kind of bring up and elaborate on. And this is uh, something I want to start doing a little bit more of, especially when I have time to get out too. So we had some guests on over the last few, you know, month or whatever it's been. Uh, Bill Allen specifically was one of them that I definitely wanted to talk about. And also Kelly Stumphauser, who was freaking awesome. Um, some of the things that she talked about, I thought were interesting topics just to kind of bring up and elaborate on. And this is uh, something I want to start doing a little bit more of, especially when I have time to get out two podcasts in a week. Um, I want to be able to backtrack on some of the things that these guests are talking about that we can really expand on because they touch on all these different things that could be a complete podcast in itself. So I want to make sure that you know, if we're taking time to interview them and listen to them, there's things that you guys can take away. So one of the things she talked about is, you know, using challenges to level up in your life. This is something that I've seen lately. Um, I recently went out and taught a class and it's always interesting to me that the people that don't have much are willing to work so much harder. And then the people that think they have some sort of cushion, they just take their foot off the gas. And, you know, being somebody who you guys who know my story about me having the hand injury and then not being able to do a lot of these things and having to, you know, I was just broke and, and, and hurt and had no really way to go and had to really push to get my life on track. I see so many people that wait until something happens in their life that's detrimental and they become reactive instead of proactive for doing something to change. And that comfort zone, you know, all these things that are so cliche that you hear all the time, it could not be more true. And the, the one thing I always try and push is if you're somebody who's listening to this, and right now things are okay. You know, you have health that's okay. You have money that's okay. Family's okay. You're, you're in that comfortable place in life. You are in a very dangerous spot because it's not a matter of if something happens, it's a matter of when. And if you don't start planting those seeds as a backup for the time that there's the next pandemic or, or medical thing or, or something that, that happens, it's just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bad place to be in. And just taking a little bit of action now and doing some things in the background and picking up a couple of real estate deals here and there. If you would have just bought even like a decent deal, even probably a crappy deal at this point in some of these emerging markets or some of these hot markets, two years ago, the beginning of the pandemic, you go, you know what? I'm just going to buy a property in Florida. I, I'm, just in case I want to move out there, you would have had enough equity in that right now 
that if something happened, you probably could have sold that and made at least 50, 60 grand and been able to cover some sort of medical bills or, you know, it just buys you some time. It buys you some life. It gives you that stability that if you need to liquidate a property, you can get six to 12 months at least, depending on the deal of breathing room to be able to figure out what you want to do with the next step or, or take, take your foot off the gas or be able to focus on if there's some medical stuff going on or you're getting divorced or your kids need you or you just want to travel or go, go to Australia for a month or go do whatever. You don't have to worry about punching a clock. You don't have to know about whatever the job you just lost was or whatever the pandemic just shut down on you. That was the main source of your income. So a little bit goes a long way, but it's not an accident that every time you hear these success stories, you hear almost all of them, that it's somebody who tells you a story of some sort of tragedy that they had to try of. It's that old hero's journey of, your, you know, your back was against the wall. You know what you were going to do. So you just started one step at a time fighting out of it. And, you know, there's there's a reason why so many people that are successful today have done that from a position of having no other choice. So if you do have choices right now, that's a great place to be. But don't wait until you don't have one to make a choice. It's indecision. I keep, you know, keep rolling out these same things. But to me, indecision is the biggest killer of everything. You know, it's people don't want to make moves. They don't want to make decisions. They don't want to say yes. They don't want to say no. They're scared to make a mistake, but they're scared to be successful. So they do nothing. That middle ground is a very, very dangerous place to be. Speaking of middle ground. Uh, Kelly also touched on something that she said, you know, money is lost in the middle. I thought this was a really interesting way to phrase that because that's, that's pretty accurate. So when you think about all the stories, which again, it just blows my mind for you guys that are listening to this that are a little bit on, on the, the, the newer side of real estate investing. When you first start getting involved, there's a lot of people that will share their opinions. Oh, real estate's tough. You don't want to do that. You know, I, my friend has a brother that had a dog that had a trainer that worked at Petco that had an uncle whose girlfriend invested in real estate once and lost everything they had. It's really, 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 really dangerous. And people say all these crazy things, but they've never tried it. And, and, and it's a weird thing because initially everybody goes, oh, yeah, no, there's a lot of money to be made in real estate. But then when you go to try it, everybody says, no, don't do that. So you go to like a class or you want to sign up for a mentorship or you, know, you want to buy it. Oh, you don't want to do that. No, no, it's dangerous. You don't know what you're doing. People lose money all the time. So it's like, well, that's interesting. So is there money to be made on it or do people lose their asses on it all the time? Both are true. If you don't know what you're doing, you can lose a lot of money there. And so it blows my mind that, you know, people will hire a trainer to take them through, you know, their body or, or they won't sometimes at the same time. But there's things that they'll, they'll do that don't cost a lot. And then there's things that will change their life in a big way or that they have a lot more risk on and then they'll just go wing it. And to me, getting involved in real estate and going into flipping properties, especially virtually when, when you know, maybe you watch some YouTube videos, or you have somebody you, in your life that maybe did okay because they've had properties for like 20, 30 years, and you want that person to help you. And they haven't taken any bumps or bruises or beatings over the years, so they don't really even know what to look out for. Or they go, you know what, I'm just going to do this on my own. I, I mean, I, I literally equivalent it to surgery. It's, it's something that you could lose your life savings on with one deal in a very short amount of time, but oh, I'm just going to dabble in it. It's not a game. It's a business. You wouldn't open any other business and just go, ah, I'm just going to wing it. You know, I, I've never opened up a juice bar before, but I'm just going to open one. I, I don't care. I drank juice once. I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need any help. I'm going to take out like a six figure loan. I'm going to leverage my house. I'm going to take my kids college funds and I'm going to open up this business, this restaurant, this, you know, whatever weird business is this tanning salon. I don't care whatever it is businesses fail all the time, all the time. I think 90% of businesses, this crazy stat with the IRS will fail within the first five years. And people don't think real estate investing is a business. 
So if you don't treat it like a business, you are absolutely going to get hurt. And on that same note, if you treat it like it's it's like you know just a hobby, and you don't look at the facts of the business and realize that businesses fail all the time, that's why you need people who have already failed, people that can help you along that way. And you look at it like every dollar counts. You're, you're going to have some trouble. And I keep saying how you do the big stuff is how you do the small stuff. How you do the small stuff is how you do the big stuff. And that was a conversation I've been having a lot more lately when people look at smaller deals and they start to say things like, you know what? I can afford to lose that. I can afford to lose this. Ah, this one didn't go well, but it was just X, Y, and Z. I can bounce back from that. How you treat your pennies is how you treat your dollars. And how you treat your dollars is going to be how you treat your thousands. And how you treat your thousands is going to be how you treat your millions. And if your pennies don't count, eventually your dollars don't count. If your dollars don't count, eventually your hundred thousand dollars don't count. And you start to make the same mistakes and be just as lazy and be as, as just, you know, fluctuating and, and wishy-washy on stuff. And that that's where bad things happen in a big way, especially as you scale up into multi fat, ah, just one unit. What can one unit be? And then it's five grand here times 80 units. And then before you know it, everything's underwater. Things get crazy. And I'm not saying this to, to just scare people. It's just always eye-opening to me knowing how much could go right when you do this the right way and how much could go wrong when you do this the wrong way and watching how people are just so quick to go in and around one direction and not look at it like you would in any other business. You know, I, I see things all the time, oh, you know, people put more time into figuring out like the travel or, you know, you're willing to pay all this money for influences on social media and just, just different things. Priorities seem to be out of whack and the risk uh, awareness just blows me away on a daily basis, you know? And I was talking to one of my friends recently and he had, he was telling me about another guy that we both know. And he was like, man, me and this guy partnered up and we bought properties together. And we had a falling out, which happens all the time. He goes, and uh, I kept one of the buildings and he kept the other building. It was two, well, 20 units, whatever it was, right next to each other. He goes, today, mine is worth millions of dollars. It's doing amazing. I've made tons of money off of it. It's like, I could probably retire just on that one property. He goes, and the one right next to it, that was the exact same property that this other guy was in charge of is like basically condemned. I think it got foreclosed on. It took a hit, lost a ton of money. It's a dump. So it's not about just buying a good property. It's knowing what to do with it. It's about the management. It's about, it's about treating it like a business. So if those are two pizza places and one of them, every else thing else being equal, like understood how to keep good books and run good business and do good marketing and have good customer service and put good people in place and didn't think it was about, hey, you open it in a good location, pizza's pizza, what could go wrong? It's all those things that you don't realize until it's too late. So going in a, in a long direction, I don't mean to do that, but the way she said it was money's lost in the middle. And that's exactly what it is. And that middle could be huge because if things are as easy as you buy a property, you sell a property, you make money. You buy a property, you rent a property, you make money, you know, it, it, people, everybody would do it. There would be none of those stories you hear. There would be none of that fear you hear. Everybody would just be jumping in. So it is that middle ground. It's like, what, what are those things that could be lost in the middle that between the time that you buy it to the time that you have to go renovate it so you can rent it or sell it or refinance it or whatever those things, that whole middle place, that's where it's lost. But nobody seems to think about that. Hey, I buy it. What's the worst that could happen? You know, I fix it up. I make money. That middle ground is literally limbo. Things could make or break you in that. And if I talk to every single person I've had on this podcast and ask them to give me an example of the middle, which maybe I'll start doing, that's probably a good question to start adding to the end there. Every one of them is probably going to be different. So 
I am going to start adding that now. I'm going to start having, hey, give me a real estate nightmare. Give me something that happened in the middle that people didn't think of. And you're going to hear a thousand different stories because it, you just, every day you're learning new crazy things that could go wrong. So you learn those tips and tricks. And that's why mentorship to me is, is always been a huge thing because it's like, I've taken some serious financial beatings. I've taken some serious actual physical beatings and I've taken some health beatings and, and all these things. And I see them every day. And I've done some things that have worked really well for me too, that I've done, done excellent with, but those beatings suck. And the more I could talk to other people and surround myself with other people in masterminds or hire mentors to tell me like, what am I not seeing? What don't I know? What am I not aware of? That's always going to be something that's worth it to me because I want to lower that risk and cut that curve for the things that could go wrong or hurt me or ruin my deal as fast as possible. And those are things that every time you learn them, stick with you that you take in your knowledge base to the next deal, to the next deal, to the next deal, to the next deal. So that that's always something that's been helpful for me that I, I want to do. And, you know, I, I use the, the term a lot lately, you, you have to have one of two things, you either have to have it in the bank, or you have to have it in the tank. And if you have it in the bank, that means you have money that you can put into deals. And if you have it in the tank, it means you have experience, knowledge, or drive that you're putting your time and your, your experience into. And everything you learn along that way is experience that exponentially makes you better and a safer investor. And if I can compound that by linking up with other people like Kelly, that's done thousands and thousands and thousands of deals and done a lot right and a lot done wrong. And Bill Allen, the same thing. And then people like Bill that have students under him that have been doing the same thing. That starts to become a huge value to me, not only short term, but for the rest of my real estate investing career and helps me help you guys when I do podcasts or students that I mentor or whatever it might be, that middle ground is something we want to start to shrink. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. So, you know, back to, to fighting, my fighter friends are listening to this. It's not that punch that you see the guys loading up on the right hand. You, even if he hits you, it's, it's going to suck a little bit, but you could probably get out of the way. You could probably cover up. You see it coming. It's those little ones that you don't see. You know, the guy jabbed, you blink for a second, he hit you with the right. Maybe it wasn't even that shot. It was just well-placed, well-timed. You didn't see it coming. You went down. And every time people get knocked out, when they wake up, the first thing they say is, what happened? Because they have no idea because they didn't see it coming. It's exactly what happens in real estate. Oh, it's the, the guy's going to throw a left and a right. What's the big deal? Okay. People get knocked out with the basics every single day. So, you know, not too many fighter analogies here, but again, you know, Ronda Rousey with her armbar. Everybody knew she was going for it, but it was about the setup. It was those things in the middle between the time that she got initially to that position to how she set it up with so many different ways to get into that. So people knew it was coming, but she was so crafty with that middle ground of how she got to the submission. And she was able to set it up in so many different ways that people didn't prepare for, just didn't see coming because she had all these other things along the way to distract you and make you think she was going for somebody else. So she was able to pull it off. So 
long way to go for it, but that's the middle ground. So um, talked about being a turnkey investor, uh, why you need, uh, what you need in a multi-million real estate team. So that's another thing. So the team stuff, I have been committed, very committed these, this last uh, month or so. So I've been rebuilding a lot of things, restructuring a lot of things. I've had a, a lot of a really personal things going on too that I just needed to focus on. So it, it took me away a little bit. So that's why, again, I apologize about the uh, the podcast stuff, but it was great being in New York and seeing all my buddies there and hanging out and training jiu-jitsu and all those kind of things. So uh, neither here nor there. Anyway, we hired some new people and it's just a little bit every day will start to help you develop those those A players on your team. You know, that 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 makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, I was, I was talking a little bit earlier about whether it's your dollars or your pennies or your millions, and that's kind of what this whole podcast is about. It's the A-game podcast. It's about bringing your A-game to every single thing you do and making sure you're paying attention to those details because the dollars are in the details. So if you're going, ah, it's just pennies, it's just dollars, I can buy this tax and certificate and lose money. I can buy this, this property. And tend to, you're bringing your D-game. You're bringing your F-game. And if you bring it to that, you're going to bring it to everything. So people will recognize A-players. So always bring your A-game. And other A players, you're going to recognize that, and they're going to bring you up to the to the major leagues. And those those that's the kind of things that happen. So whatever it is, just always bring your best. Don't start looking at it as it doesn't matter because it all matters. And even if it doesn't matter to you, it matters to other people that are looking at those things. And it could cost you a business relationship or a friendship or a major freaking opportunity. So, um, you know, I'm I'm doing that same thing and I'm holding myself accountable now for helping my new team do this. And I looked at it as, okay, I have a new closer. I have some new cold callers. I'm working with some new people. How do I make sure this doesn't go like the last time? And that comes to me. It comes to good leadership. It comes to building out that team. So people that think that they're just going to set it and forget it and hire somebody and that person's just going to do great. They're sitting at home if you're not communicating and wondering if they're doing a good job or you don't even know what they're doing or some of the things that you're assuming that they understand that they're good at, that they know they, they're just sitting there lost or flying blind or doing stuff completely different. It's amazing how just the slightest bit of communication can heal a lot of misconceptions or insecurities or stories that people have told themselves in their head. I use the example a lot of it. If your kids don't call you for the whole day, you're going to think the worst. They got abducted by aliens. They got hit by a car. They ran away to Vegas. But if they just text you a couple of times a day, I'm at the park. I don't have service. You're like, oh, oh my goodness. But you start to think the worst when you don't hear anything. So it starts to happen with your teams too. So I've been doing just enough of like, hey, once or twice a day, check in, text them. How's it going? What do you need from me? How can I help you? Get on a call, go over something. Let's talk about what's happening there. And I had very frank discussions of, you know, how do I make this work? What do you need from me? Some people, they need connections every hour. Some people, they need to touch base once a day. Some people, they need a little bit of freedom. Some people, this is how they, they need the criticism. They do better with texting. They do better with emails. They do better with phone calls. They need to hear things kindly or they need to be told things directly or they don't need 40 minutes for me to make them feel good about what they're doing. They just, they, they just care about the money. Just tell me how to be better. So all those things are really important. And when I was asking one of my new, my new workers, like, hey, like what's gone wrong in the past? Talk to me about some of the other investors you work with. Like what's the good, the bad, and the ugly? And he was like, man, Everything that hasn't worked out in the past for me when I've worked with other investors has just been a lack of communication. He goes, so if we communicate on stuff, he's like, we can, we can do really well. And I've been saying that for years. It all comes down to communication, whether it's a business relationship, a personal relationship, a friendship, a marriage, a coach and a fighter, whatever it is, you know, that communication is key. And when you can communicate with somebody and they know you have their best interest. That stuff starts to really build a connection and build a rapport. Like, you know, I've, 
had Ray Longo on, man. I can't say enough great things about the Matt Sarahs and the Ray Longos of, of, of my life. You know, even the Mark Turners, those guys, you can tell when they say something to you, it's coming from them for your best interest, not theirs. And my, my partner's like that too with me. Sometimes it's not the things that I want to hear, but it's the things that I need to hear. And when somebody knows how to communicate with you in a way that you actually can take it in and hear it, and you know that it's coming from nothing but a place to help you, that's when you start to have something special. And, and that's what I'm trying to build. So being accountable to that and just knowing what's working, it's not working, it doesn't take a ton. So in the morning, you know what, I'm going to take 15 minutes and I'm going to listen to all my initial openers teams calls and I'm going to see how are they speaking? How are they sounding? Are they talking in a place where I can hear a bunch of background noises? Are they using slang? Are they following the script? Are they rushing through things? Are they insulting people? Are they misrepresenting what's happening? Is that Natalie? Is this not somebody who said, don't call me anymore? So all those things don't take a long time to understand. And then you just adjust it. You go back. Hey, I noticed using this word we said not to say this word i noticed you were not following the script follow the script i noticed you are not calling during these hours make sure you call these hours and i'll have a few conversations like that and if those conversations continue to happen then i'm going to find somebody new i'll use my three strikes rule or whatever it is or if it's something major then they're just out but that's how you start to know quick before things get out of hand because in the past i hadn't really checked on on that as much and then a month goes by and then i listen to it and i go what is this person doing or you find out, like I just recently did, that the person making calls, I've never talked to before. I didn't hire them. I never approved them. I would have never approved that person. Where did this person come from? You know, to me, that's something that, that's unforgivable. You're going to hire somebody and think I'm not going to notice? Like, what, what are you doing? So you catch things that are crazy. But again, that little things, those, those initially, that's my pennies. But if I didn't pay attention to my pennies, a month later, that cost me hundreds of thousands of leads that went nowhere that could have been great deals and data that I just burned through in time that I've wasted. So that's how that stuff all starts to really add up. And then, you know, you get on the phone with the closer. I'm like, okay, like, look, what can I do today? What happened today? And you just talk him through it. Like he doesn't even know what to say he's doing right or wrong. And I'm like, okay, so like, what kind of calls did you make? What I listened to some of them and how did this get logged? Oh, I had a great call with so-and-so you did. What did he say? Oh, he wants to sell his duplex. That's awesome. Where is that? Didn't I send it over to you? No, I, I didn't see it. Well, I logged it over here. Oh, you're logging it in the wrong place. I'm not getting notified. Let's jump on. I'll show you. Let's get on a Zoom. So you click this instead of click this. You know what I'll do? I'm going to put a whole new button in there that all you have to do when you want me to see it is click this, and then it'll alert me that you just sent me a hot lead, and I'll make sure I'm all over it, and I'll send you a WhatsApp message saying, got it, send you an offer ASAP. So these things, you plug those holes, and then that person knows, hey, you know what? He, I came to him with a problem. We jumped on, I made a mistake or we had a miscommunication and we talked through it and everything went good and we're all set now. So like those little things. And, and that's one thing in one conversation. That was all just literally yesterday and no, a few minutes here and there. So if I just do that every day, reach out, how's it going? What can I do for you? What can you do for me? What can we do better? Where are you struggling? How can I help? Let's talk five, 10, 15 minutes with both of them, half hour a day. And now we're on track and I start to figure out who's right and who's wrong. And now those things that you're doing, Again, you're building up traction, you're building up, it's going in the tank, it's going in the tank that day, because those are all things now that get set to help people along the way. So if that closure leaves, if that cold caller leaves, if my assistant leaves, if my, my team start to go, I have built up systems and processes along that path 
to help the next person who comes on and the next person who comes on. And now that curve is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And those calls become less needed and less needed and less needed because things are just very straightforward. So that's a huge piece right there. So um, just a nice takeaway. I thought it was like a, a pretty interesting point there. Um, you also have, she talked about um, turnkey experience, having a good management company, being successful when your back's against the wall. So for some of you who aren't uh, aware of like turnkey providers, that's something she does where you can buy properties off, off of people that are fully rehab, fully managed. Um, there's some really good turnkey providers out there that you can buy a property that's in an emerging market or maybe just a great cash flow market. And somebody has bought it at a discount. They fix it up with their contractors teams. They've hired a management company. They've put tenants in. They have a, a history of seasoned rent in there. And you can just buy it and have some pain-free, uh, stress-free for the most part, real estate. But tenants can still move out. Things can still go wrong. So when you're dealing with a turnkey provider, if you listen to that and went, oh, I'm just going to do that, that's great. But there's some terrible ones out there. There's some people slinging some awful properties in some bad areas. And they cook the numbers and they cook the books. And then there's some good ones out there, but understand that it's all a risk. And, you know, Kelly's somebody who's putting herself out there. She has a great reputation for a great product. So you want to find more people like that. And that's kind of where, like, like Matt Serra always says, water finds its own level. It's an important piece right there. You know, um, always screen the person and always screen the property. So that's kind of the next thing here is I think people miss that. You know, when I was, uh, I was having some conversations about due diligence and during that due diligence time, People, uh, a lot of them were like, well, how do I look at the property? How do I look at the property? How do I look at the property? And then it comes up, well, so-and-so bought this to me or my, my brother, sister-in-law's, whatever. And I think people forget that when you're doing due diligence, you not only want to do due diligence on the deal, you want to do diligence on the dude. So the person and the property are both equally as important because you can have a good property, but if you're getting involved with somebody who's not a good person or doesn't know what they're doing and you're not scrubbing that as well, it's not going to be a good experience and vice versa. You know, you can have a, you know, a, a, a bad property and have a good person in there. So they both have to equal out. You have to have a property that has its great potential and you have to have a person involved in it that's actually going to do their job too. So um, whenever I'm looking at something, it's more than just looking at the numbers. It's who am I getting in business with? What's the expectation? What are we going to do together? What's my responsibility? What's their responsibility? So, you know, a couple of things there, even with like, what is the, what is the responsibility? Is this somebody that I, that I get along with, somebody that I sync with? So uh, I'll touch on two things here that hopefully put a little uh, clarity onto that. One of them is one of them is I got I got a referral for uh, somebody that was looking to invest, and I just called them. I was like, hey, you know, let's talk a little bit. What would you like to invest in? What are you looking to do? And so we had some conversations about it, and then he was just kind of like, you know, I see you're doing a lot of stuff. I'm I'm. I'm really just looking to place some money and okay, well, what kind of involvement do you want? You know, what are you looking for? What do, what do you want to do? And we just had a, a kind of a discussion. And then I went back and I found that investment and I was like, Hey, you know, I found something that I think would work for us. It sounds like we had a great initial conversation and you're interested in working with me and I'm interested in working with you. It sounds like we can meet up in the same area, which is nice. You don't always get to do that. And then I said, here's the investment I have. What do you think about this type of investment in this type of area? It might not be what you initially thought we were going to do. And he went, well, you know, I never really thought about that. But if you think it's a good investment, then I guess I think it's a good investment. And sure, I'll look at it. And I could tell that there was a little bit of hesitancy because he wasn't really sure. And he doesn't know me that well yet. And it was something that just, I think, was out of his buy box or his initial comfort zone. So I backtracked. And, you know, again, I just have to, okay, what am I sensing here? And I said, you know, I want you to know, if you tell me that you're interested in this now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go 
just like lock a property up and expect you to send me a check. That's not how these things work. I just want to know, is this somewhere I should be looking further into for us, for you and I? If not, I'll find somebody else to do it. I'm doing it either way. But is this something that would interest you? Because we had the conversation and I'm trying to work that out. And I don't want to just go start chasing something down that doesn't really work for you. I'll find something else that works for you because it's not about this deal. It's about the next deal. Right, Jay Sherman? If you're listening, my buddy Jay Sherman, he tagged that line. It's so true. So the guy was like, no, you know, I, I guess that makes sense. And I was like, well, I'll find something. But what I'll do is I'll start to show you some of the examples as I come across them of this would have been a deal we could have bought. This would have been a deal we could have bought. This is what the numbers would have looked like on this. This is what the numbers would have looked like on that. This is what your return would have looked like. This is the areas we'd be talking about investing in. So now you can get an idea of what type of return you'd make, what type of profit that property would make. What do the areas look like? What's the occupancy look like? What are the problems looking like? What is the neighborhood looking like? And do a little bit of research. And if during that time you decide this isn't for you, cool, I get it. That's why we start to take that journey together. And along that journey, you might realize this is not for me. Or you might get really excited and then say, hey, I got a buddy who wants to get on this too. Let's buy two, three, four, five. You know, and then I say, you know, and then when we find that actual deal, I'll throw the offer and I'll get under contract based on the returns we agreed upon. But then I'll bring it to you and I'll show you these are the numbers. This is the area. This is what your responsibility would be. This is what my responsibility would be. This is what the returns would be looking like. What do you think? I want you not only to now be comfortable with the initial strategy and now with the area, but now we're talking about this exact property. What do you feel about this property? And if you think it's good at that point, then we will move forward. But I am not obligating you to jump into something or holding you to the fire for something that when it's your money in that deal, you all of a sudden don't feel comfortable with. Now, if you're just going to get scared and kick tires and back out every time because you're just scared, that's not going to work. But if there's legitimate things now that we've worked through this and I've tried to teach you the process and explain the numbers, and you can mathematically or logically or rationally give me reason for concern that maybe I didn't see or something I can work around, that's going to be an issue or that's going to be something we can work around. So, you know, that's an important thing is don't come back and say something like, well, you know, it's a 14% return. I was really hoping for a 48% return. Okay, that doesn't exist. And now you're having me chase something that everybody would want and that, that's just not out there. So I'm not going to waste my time trying to find a unicorn. But as long as we're on the same page for logical and rational, I'm not going to push you into that. I want you to be comfortable. And I think it's important to know that I am not going to put that person in a position that they're not comfortable with. And I'm not going to put them in a deal that I wouldn't feel comfortable with. And I'm going to explain all the ins and outs and all the pros and cons and all the rest of the rewards. And hopefully by taking the time to do that and explain that and be patient and find the right deal, they're going to see that I actually care about that partnership. And by that person moving forward with the deal and moving forward with the process and asking good questions and then trusting the answers and, and moving forward on their end and being okay and then, and then performing, we're going to start to establish that dance and that relationship that we can trust each other and get to know each other along the way and now do business together. And as that business goes good and that property goes good and I continue to communicate and I have a good deal and now I have a good person in the deal with me, we're probably going to have a good experience. So it all matters. If during that time, we're not getting along, we're not feeling comfortable, I'm hanging up the phone and I'm feeling like I, I can really work with this person or I'm having pause for concern or doubt or insecurities with it or it's just not clicking, it's going to be an issue. you know. So I might not want to do that. And likewise, I have another property I'm working on with this other guy who is freaking awesome. And we dealt with something that was, you know, the deal was going south. Things really weren't what they were supposed to be. And when me and the guy were talking, he was very direct. And then we got on a three-way call with the seller and the way he handled everything was outstanding. 
You know, there was no pointing blame, pointing fingers. It was addressing everybody involved in the deal and why everybody was probably upset with the current situation, but how we all wanted to work through it. And, you know, everybody's put time in, everybody's put energy in and people have money in and everybody's got something to win or to lose in this. And, you know, it's really just the way he was there about everybody and how like, hey, this is the reality. This is how everybody's feeling. This is why we want to move past this. Here's what I've done. Here's what you've done. I can't imagine how you feel. I can't imagine how they feel. And I was like, this is a pro. This is somebody who understands people. They understand business. And they understand, once again, Jay Sherman, it's not about this deal. It's about the next deal. That's a huge, huge piece. And immediately I text him. I say, hey, you're my guy. You're my people. That's exactly the kind of person who understands things that I want to be involved with. Because there's other people I've done business with in the past. And they're up. They're down. They're manic. They're drinking, they're doing drugs, they're, you know, firing off these angry, inappropriate, emotionally unintelligent texts and emails and phone calls, and they're burning bridges and ruining relationships, you know, four o'clock in the morning, weird stuff's coming in, and they're texting this seller that I set them up with, so it's just a bad experience, so that's not somebody you want to do business with, so all these things of seeing not only how do people handle stuff when things are good, but how do people handle things when things are bad, that's how I'm going to start to gravitate towards the people in my life that I want to be around more. And that's why, you know, the, the ally Quintas of the world and, you know, my, my buddies like Sean Cooper and, and my real estate friends that I come across and the Kelly Stumphouses and the Bill Allens, these are people that understand what it's like to have things not go their way, what it's like to be in tough, shitty positions and find a way, as ally Quintas says, you know, dig myself a hole and find my way out. When you have the character to do that and just stay calm, cool, and collected and, and be solution-based to find your way out of those tough situations and not ruin your reputation and your relationships and like scorch the earth along the way of getting out of that, that says a ton about you as a person because not everybody will do that. And things are great when you're winning, but things aren't as great when you're, things aren't going as well. So it just says a lot about characters. How do you handle yourself when the chips are down? And how do you work way out of it? And I'm always going to be looking for that in people because things go wrong in business and in real estate. What am I going to expect? Are you going to start pointing the finger at me? Are you going to start, you know, like, I don't know, like throwing fiery bags of poop at people's doors? I don't know. There's crazy things that happen all the time. So just something to be aware of. And, um, you know, a, a little bit of a, a tangent on here. I didn't have as much direction for what I specifically wanted to talk about. I was just kind of looking over some of the notes and the topics on, on some of the things that came up in those podcasts. And I thought there were some pretty things, some pretty good things to have mentioned is, you know, the struggles of the entrepreneurs, the unsupportive spouse or loved ones was always a tough one. Brandon Toner had some good things on that. People overestimate what they can do in one year and they underestimate what they can do in five. And I think realizing that you're planting seeds today with everything you do and you're either watering those or you're destroying those is a really important thing because whenever I wake up and I say to myself, I'm not happy with my current situation, I can do something about it, but I have to understand that every day that goes by that I continue to be unhappy with things that are happening, or I continue to be unhappy with the way things are, and I don't work at least a little bit towards changing it, I have now become somebody that's just bitching, and I never want to be that person. So the only thing I can do today, if you're sitting here and you're listening and you're saying, I'm not happy with my situation personally, professionally, financially, emotionally, whatever it is. It doesn't mean that you can fix it today, but it does mean you can start fixing it today. And I think that was something that I have to give myself a pep talk to sometimes and just say, you know what, this isn't going to change today, but it starts today. 
So if I start doing A, B, and C now, over the next year, I'm going to start to slowly make a change. And maybe I'm overestimating what I can change in this year because I'm thinking it all has to be fixed tomorrow and I need to make a million dollars in three months, wherever it is. And so people, again, they're quick. They don't want to start doing these little things because they're not going to see big changes in it yet. But three, four, five years from now, the stuff that you started doing today is going to pay off. But again, the discipline, people just don't want to do it. So I think those changes that you expect to see a difference and just think about exercising. Again, I, I know I keep using all these cliches, but you want to lose weight, you want to get in shape. Maybe if I just start adding a protein bar to my daily diet and taking out soda or only having pizza on the weekends, I am not going to be on the beach in two months and look and feel fantastic. I'll feel probably a little bit better. I'll see a little bit of a difference, but I'm not going to see much right yet. But if I continue to do that for years, six, seven, eight, nine months, I'm going to look different. And now I start to take out a little bit more. Okay, now I'm going to take out, I'm only going to have pizza every other week. I'm going to add extra protein. I'm going to run two miles instead of one mile a week. And then I'm going to run three miles instead of two miles a week. Over the course of three, four, five years, if you stay on that track of slowly just subtracting some bad things, adding some good things, and staying consistent, you're going to look like a different person. And that came from those little tiny things you did every day that you didn't see a big change. But again, you change your financial habits, you change your health habits, you change your personal discipline habits. Now, you're going to start to transform within the next year and you're going to be unrecognizable in the next three to five. So I hope this went somewhere and resonated with people on some level. It was more of a motivational thing than a tactical thing, but I just wanted to make sure I got something out there today. So we'll be back next week with an official episode with an official guest. And we have some new ones coming up that I think are going to be awesome. As always, I appreciate you guys listening. And there's just, there's so many things in my head right now that I'm just trying to get out there that I'm, you know, trying to figure out how to structure. But uh, there's a lot of really good nuggets that I've come across in the last 30 days or so as I'm pondering things. And uh, I just wanted to kind of get them out there. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson.